thank you, thank you, thank you. I don't usually get that kind of a greeting. So thank you so much. I am so happy to be here with you guys and thankful, thankful at 83, I can still talk. <laughs> so anyway, I want to talk to you this morning, but first of all, I was going to tell you when J.D. was talking, it was in the early 80s um, that the Lord called me to be a spiritual mom. Isaiah 54.1 and Isaiah, Isaiah 54.2 and 3 are all about Antioch as a movement about enlarging the place of your tent and stretching out your tent pegs and all of that. But Isaiah 54.1 says... Rejoice, O barren one, and shout for joy, those of you who have borne no children. For the children, and the Amplified made it real for me, the spiritual children of the desolate will be more than the married. And God has called me to that, to be a spiritual mom. And I have spiritual children all over the world. Because Daryl and I met Jim and Laura in 87, and they started this movement, and we visited 22 countries, well, 18 with him, and he's been in heaven nine years. Um, but I have 22, visited 22 countries. And, and you know what? The Lord um, makes you enjoy what he calls you to do. Because he's gifted you for it. He's made you for it. He uses your personality, your giftings, all that he's put in you. He wants to be you to use it for his glory. So we're going to talk this morning about the God who sees. And it's in Genesis 16. And it's other places too. But we're going to talk about four characters in this story. And then we're going to talk about how these people help us and see how God moves in their lives because he's still doing it. He's doing it in yours. He's doing it in mine, even at my age, you know. And not quite as, well, I'm not going to say that. So it had to do with younger years. So anyway, I want you to know that he's the God who sees, he's the God who cares, he's the God who knows, he's the God who's powerful, and he cares about you, and he's interested in you and your life. So we're going to turn to Genesis 16, and I tried to put all of my, oh, I have to tell you guys too that I bring Kleenexes. Because I never know when I'm going to cry. <laughs> when I think about the goodness of the Lord. I have a spiritual son in Waco. And he calls it Kleenex glory. <laughs> so I'm going to read to you. Um, out of Genesis 16. And I'll start. And we'll see how far it goes. Um, now, Sarah, Abram's wife, had borne him no children, and she had an Egyptian maid whose name was Hagar. So Sarah said to Abraham, Now behold, the Lord has prevented me from bearing children. 
please go into my maid. I can't imagine this, but anyway. Please go into my maid. Perhaps I shall obtain children through her. And Abram listened to the voice of Sarah. They were called Abram and then eventually Sarah and Abraham. After Abram had lived 10 years in the land of Canaan, Abraham's wife Sarah took Hagar the Egyptian, her maid, and gave her to her husband Abram as his wife. And he went into Hagar and she conceived. And when she saw that she had conceived, her mistress was despised in her sight. And Sarah said to Abraham, May the wrong done me be upon you. Can you imagine her saying that? I gave my maid into your arms, but when she saw that she had conceived, I was despised in her sight. May the Lord judge between you and me. And Abram said to Sarah, Behold, your maid is in your power to do what is good in your sight. So Sarah treated her harshly, and she fled from her presence. And the angel of the Lord found her by a spring of water in the wilderness, by the spring on the way to Shur. And the angel of the Lord, people, are kind of, it's kind of a foreshadowing of the Lord Jesus Christ. It, that term is not used in the New Testament after Jesus came. So I think it was Jesus, the angel of the Lord, speaking to Hagar. And he said, hey, Hagar. He didn't say, hey, Hagar. I said that. And he said, <laughs> he said, Hagar, Sarah's maid, where have you come from and where are you going? And she said, I am fleeing from the presence of my mistress, Sarah. Then the angel of the Lord said to her, Return to your mistress and submit yourself to her authority. And in the Amplified Bible, it says, Humbly submit yourself. So you can imagine. Moreover, the angel of the Lord said to her, I will greatly multiply your descendants so that they shall be too many to count. The angel of the Lord said to her further, Behold, you are with child, and you will bear a son, and you shall call his name Ishmael. Because the Lord has given heed to your affliction, and he will be a wild donkey of a man, he will, his hand will be against everyone, and everyone's hand will be against him. And he will live to the east of his brothers. Then she called the name of the Lord who spoke to her. You are a God who sees. For she said, I have remained alive here after seeing him. Therefore the well was called Berlaharoi. Behold, at it is between Kadesh and Bered. So Hagar bore Abram a son. And Abram called the name of his son, whom Hagar bore, Ishmael. And Abram was 86 years old when Hagar bore him. That's amazing to me, that whole story. But we want to look at Abraham first. First of all, he was a godly man, and he obeyed God. God had called him 
out of the Ur of the Chaldees to go to Canaan land. And so he, he uh, left his, the comfort of home and family and started the journey, and Sarah was with him. And he, God gave him seven words, seven promises that he was going to do for Abraham. He was going to make him multiple descendants, father of nations, all of that. And yet, when Abram was put to the test, he kind of forgot about it. When Sarah suggested her suggestion to him about taking Hagar as his wife, the same as a wife, then he didn't remember all that. And so Hagar did bear him a child. And, but Abram believed God. And I want you to hear this. And it was accounted to him as righteousness. It is our faith, guys, that pleases God. It is not what we do. What we do is important. And what we do will come out of the calling God puts on our life. But it's your faith that pleases him. And as you believe God, he counts you as righteous. And the scripture says, my righteous one, it's Romans 1, 17, it's many other places too. My righteous one shall live by faith. Not by works, but by faith. And when you walk in faith with the living God, he accounts it to you as righteousness. I grew up in a very legalistic church, so it was all about what we did. And once I began to learn about the grace of God and the goodness of God, my life started changing so much. So it is what we believe, who we believe in. And as we walk in faith toward God in our walk with Him, I never dreamed when He called me to be a spiritual mom that I would do the things I've done. And I remember it was in the 80s. It was actually, it was in 1982. And Daryl and I had been asked to do uh, the deliverance ministry at, at Highland Baptist Church. And that was unusual, you know, in those days. <laughs> and so I remember when the pastor was asked, we'd been to a spiritual warfare conference. And I remember when the pastor came and talked to us. And he said, I would like for you guys to head up this ministry. And I, we both just kind of looked at him, you know. And I remember God dealt with my heart. He used that because I'd grown up in a, in a legalistic kind of Pentecostal church and was made fun of as a child, called Holy Roller, you know, all those things. And I didn't want to be a Holy Roller. I wanted to be a cool person, you know. <laughs> And I didn't want to deliver demons, you know. I didn't want to do all that stuff. But we told him we would pray about it. And so God used it in my life powerfully because it dealt with my pride. He asked me three questions. He said, Margie, are you willing to follow me 
If people think you're crazy, are you willing to follow me if your family thinks you're crazy? Are you willing to follow me if it means giving your life? And I remember saying yes. Not knowing what all I was saying yes to. But at the same time, a peace came. And a joy came. And, and we did it for a while. You know, we met with people. We did deliverance. We did see some deliverance. But what we really saw was... Uh, people did not know how to walk in the Spirit. If you walk in the Spirit, you will not carry out the desires of the flesh. And so, we started a Sunday school class, and it was called the Kingdom of God versus the Dominion of Darkness. And so, it was about learning to walk in the Spirit. And then we taught... Victory Over the Darkness, Neil Anderson's book about our identity, and then The Bondage Breaker, which was about spiritual warfare. So as we look at these um, characters, we're going to see God's interaction in their life. And you know what? He wants to interact with you. He wants you to hear his voice. He wants you to hear what he's saying to you. Because he sees you, he cares about you, he loves you, and he wants to give you a journey. I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Plans for good and not for harm. To give you a future and a hope. That's Jeremiah 29, 11. You've probably heard that before because it's an Antioch verse. But that's what God wants to do for every one of you. Regardless of who you are. Regardless of your talents, regardless of your giftings, all of that he wants to use for his glory. And, um, and I was just thinking at my age, I'm not that far from glory, you know? I mean, when you're 83, you are not that far, you know, whether by death or rapture. You know, you know, <laughs> you, God's going to take you home and I can hardly wait, you know, after you've lived as long as I have and raised your children and all of that. And it's glorious. I don't mean that it's, but it's not all easy. Jesus said in this world, we will have tribulation, but take courage. He has overcome the world. So anyway, he, uh, Abraham was a godly man. That was his story. Uh, and then, but he, he kind of forgot some of that as far as forgetting those promises. And let's now look at Sarah. Uh, she followed her husband, and um, she was actually his half-sister as well. His, that's been always interesting to me, but that is what the Scripture says. But she was barren for 10 years, had not had a child. And she thought, okay, maybe I give Hagar and have a family through her. And, and did that. Uh, but then it didn't work out very good. They were jealous of each other and all of that. And uh, Sarah's leaning to her own understanding. Have you ever done that? I sure have. 
you know, lean to my, but it never leads to anything good. The Message Bible says in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, trust the Lord from the bottom of your heart. Don't try to figure out everything on your own, but listen for His voice in everything you do and everywhere you go, for He is the one who will keep you on track. That has been a life verse for me. It's like in, you know, the old, the Proverbs 3 and 5 in the regular, it says, trust the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean to your own understanding. But in all of your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your path. And I have found that to be true. I taught school for years, but then... When I was 44 years old, the Lord led me to stop teaching school and teach his word. And we'll talk about that in just a minute. So Sarah, she was barren, but you know what? When she was old, she bore Isaac. She did have a son. She and Abraham had a son. And now we're going to talk about Hagar. And Hagar... Um, was, I think, the most of these characters that had an experience with God at that time. She was a slave girl from Egypt working for Sarah. And then Sarah was the one that said, it's okay for Hagar to sleep with her. And she did get pregnant. And that produced a lot of jealousy between them. And Sarah was harsh with Hagar. And that's what caused Hagar to flee. But when she got out into the wilderness, that's where she met God. You know, was out in the wilderness. We think sometimes that hard places shouldn't be, that we shouldn't have them. But God allows them. And we were having a conversation before the service, and I was sharing this, the scripture that says the Lord Jesus learned obedience through the things he suffered. Through the things he suffered. Can you imagine? He was God's son. And he came to this earth because he loved you so much. And he wanted you to be his. And, he, and as I think about that and I think, think about the cross... It brings tears to my eyes because I think, Lord Jesus, you left all the glory of heaven to come down and rescue your children. And that's what he was doing for Hagar. And he told her that she would, she would have uh, bear a son. And she said, he told her he would be like a wild donkey. And his hand would be against everyone, and everyone's hand would be against him. But it came true. It did come. And, and by Sarah leaning to her own understanding, it has been trouble, I'm telling you, all over the world, even to this day. So, and in looking at the, the lives of these people, this is what I want you to hear about God. He's so much more than this. But first of all, what did he do 
He gave direction and leadership to Abraham and Sarah. He honored their faith. And it was reckoned to Abraham as righteousness when he believed. And it was, as I was thinking about this, I thought about when the Lord gave me the direction to quit teaching school. I had been teaching school for about 15 years. And I remember when the Lord said, are you willing to follow me? That was what I was thinking about. And the Lord gave me scripture. And I'm going to read it to you. It was in uh, Judges of all places. <laughs> I remember that it was... Um, I remember it was the holidays, Christmas holidays, and I was teaching special reading. And so I talked to my supervisor about it. She was a Christian. And I said, I'm thinking about quitting teaching to teach God's Word. And she said, well, Margie, why don't you go home during the Christmas holidays and pray about it and think about it and then come back. And she said, if you want to quit at midterm, that's okay. And she said, a lot of teachers would like to have your job. And so I went home, and you know how busy the holidays are. And it was, the, it was December the 29th, and I was going to have to go back to work on Monday. And so I sit down, and I got my Bible, and I said, Lord, I really need to hear from you. And so I, my mom had taught me to uh, take the devotional and read the scripture that went with it. We had streams in the desert. It was an old devotional book. And, and it was in Judges. And I, I said, Lord... I don't know what you could say to me in Judges, but I'm going to read it because Mom taught me to read it. So it was Judges 18 that day. And the first scripture that spoke to me said, And the priest said to them, Go in peace. Your way on which you are going has the Lord's approval. So... I kept on going, kept reading, and then it says, And they said, Arise, and let us go up against them. And we had been doing deliverance. We were going against them. For we have seen the land, and behold, it is very good. And will you sit still? Do not delay to go to possess the land. And when you enter, you shall come to a secure people with a spacious land. For God has given it into your hand, a place where there is no lack of anything that is on the earth. And the Lord knew that I needed that to quit my job. We had a house payment. We had a car payment. We had utility bills. We had all of those things to pay. And I wasn't putting all of my money into savings. We were paying bills with it. But this scripture gave Daryl and I both. And he was a sweetheart. And he said, honey, if you feel like that's what God's calling you to do, you need to do it. And I'll be with you. And so we, I went back at midterm and quit. And I haven't taught school a day since. And God has provided you know, sometimes you don't know how. You don't know where it's coming from. But he provided. When you're in his will, 
It doesn't mean that everything's going to go perfect. But it does mean that he's with you. And it does mean that he, you can hear his voice. And you can have his direction. And you go forth in faith. And it's accounted to you as righteousness. I love that. I love that. And so as we look at the story, as we go on with the story, he was also, we see that God is a patient God. And I remember um, when my mom died, because she was, he was saying here about our own understanding. Sarah learned, I mean, lean to her own understanding. And I remember I had the best mom in the world. She was 54 years old, and she died with pancreas cancer. And I, she was my friend, my mentor, uh, my mom, and I learned so much from her about God. But I remember the grief that I felt in losing her. And I remember I was in Waco, and I was walking across MCC campus, and I just looked up in the sky. It was blue with little clouds. And I said, God, I don't understand why mom had to die. You could have healed her. And I wasn't angry. I was just his little girl talking to him. And I heard back. In my heart, he said, Margie, I haven't asked you to understand. I've just asked you to trust me. And I said, okay, God, I don't understand, but I will trust you. And that peace came that passes all understanding. His voice, his words transformed your heart and, and your life. They have an effect on you that nothing else has. They are living and they are powerful and they're sharper, dividing soul and spirit. They're sharper than a two-edged sword. And that's what happens. God's word, Jesus said in John 6, 63, he said, the words that I speak, they are spirit and they are life. And they are. And they touch your spirit. And they give you what you need to go forward in what God has called you to do. And that was my first year to teach school. That whole year she was sick. And she died in May. But that, this is what gave me, that word that he spoke to me from heaven, gave me what I needed to go back to teaching school the second year that I was teaching. And so I guess my, I was asked the other day what I would like to say to this generation. Uh, what would I say to this next generation? And I would say, listen for his voice. And you think, I don't know how to hear God, but you can hear God. He promises to speak to you. And he wants to speak to you. He wants his word to penetrate your life and be your guiding light to walk in his ways. Okay, 
what else do we learn uh, from these people? Um, and, and another thing that God, that I felt like God said to me, just in my understanding after I heard that, he, I felt like he said, Margie, your faith is much more important than you understanding everything. And so when God asks us to do something and he gives us a word to do it, it's that faith that empowers you to go forward. And it's that word that gives you faith. Faith comes from hearing and hearing God's word. I love that. Um, and then there's another scripture that's really powerful on hearing God. And it is in John 14, 18, and then we'll skip to 16, 13 through 15. John 14, 18 says, I just love this. I will not leave you as orphans. I will not leave you as orphans, but I will come to you. That's what he says. And in John 16, 13 through 14, it says, but when he... The spirit of truth comes. He will guide you into all the truth. For he will not speak on his initiative. But whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will disclose it to you. For he shall glorify me. For he shall take of mine and disclose it unto you. Isn't that amazing? That is amazing that the Holy Spirit... God has not left you as an orphan. He comes to you, is what it says. And, and when I pray sometimes, I'll say, Holy Spirit, what is heaven saying? What is heaven saying? Because the, the promise is that he'll take whatever is of the Father and of the Son and disclose it unto you. Isn't that exciting? And when you get that word... It transforms your inner man. He's done it for me so many times. Some of it is just, you can hear him through the word like I did in Judges. But you can hear him in your heart. And you know that it's God. There are other times it's like, Margie, I'm with you. You know, it's not, it's not, uh, what do they say, rocket science? <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's just, God, I am with you. I will help you. I will strengthen you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. He says those things to you, and you just know that it's God, because who else would say that? You know, it's God. And so that's what I want you to hear, his voice. And another thing we learn about Sarah and Abraham both is forgiveness. I think God, he forgave them for being fleshly. And he forgives you. We have to repent and say, Lord, I'm sorry. You know, I'm sorry. Would you forgive me? And of course he forgives you. He came and died on the cross so that you could have him as your life. Colossians 1, 4 says, For when God, who is our life, appears... We shall appear with him in glory. Christ who is our life. 
And guys, I say that a lot. I say, Christ, you are my life. What are you saying? I want you to live through me as you did through your son. That's the Holy Spirit. And that's what he gave you the Holy Spirit for, to be your counselor, to be your friend, to be one who takes from heaven and discloses it and reveals it unto you. And that revelation from heaven empowers you to go forth in what God has for you. And he is no respecter of persons. He does it for every one of you that are in here. And if you want to hear him, he wants to speak. And he will speak. Okay. I get sidetracked sometimes. All righty. Here's another situation that God spoke to me, to me, and maybe he'll speak to you. There was a family member that was in our family, and he betrayed all of us. He was deceptive, seemed like a great person. And I was out, I was in California in Reading. We had gone to Bill Johnson's church out there, and this had just happened. I was sitting out by the pool. The people we stayed with had a pool. And I said, Lord, I want to love like you do. And I want to forgive like you do. And I clear as everything again. He said, Margie. And he always, always calls me by name. He said, Margie, it's reliance on me, not improvement in you. Wow. I know. It is so great. I, it was it's like... Wow, I just went, oh, thank you, God. You're going to do it through me. Your love and forgiveness is going to work through me to be able to forgive this one that I felt so betrayed by and so deceived by. And I want to tell you later, now this, this is pretty tough what I'm going to tell you right now. I wasn't, I was asking the Lord, Lord, should... I try to have a relationship with her. You know, there's some situations that are so difficult. You can forgive. And the Holy Spirit wants reconciliation if it's possible. But sometimes it's not possible. And here's what I learned. I was reading in Romans. And I really wasn't looking for the answer out of Romans. But when I came to uh, Romans 16 and it is six, Romans 16 17 through 20 and I want to read to you what it says now I urge you brethren keep your eye on those who cause dissensions and hindrances contrary to the teaching which you learn and turn away from them for such men are slaves not of our Lord Christ but of their own appetites, and by their smooth and flattering speech, they deceive the hearts of the unsuspecting. For the report of your obedience has reached to all. Therefore, I am rejoicing over you. But I want you to be wise in what is good and innocent in what is evil, and the God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. Isn't that amazing? It's amazing. God is amazing. And that he wants to lead you through his word. 
JD, where's that clock? <laughs> oh, I see, right up there on top. So, okay. I just want to make sure I'm okay. Um, now, here's another thing about that we learned from Hagar. He was a God of love. He was a God of mercy. He was a God of compassion. He was a God of provision, counsel, and grace. And he came to her when she was in the wilderness. Have you ever felt like you were in the wilderness? There have been times when you thought, boy, this wilderness does not feel good. But you know what? He saw who she was. She was an Egyptian slave girl that had been taken advantage of. He loved her by seeing her, by speaking to her, and he told her to go back and humbly present herself before Sarah. And the spirit within her, the God's, God's words within her empowered her and enabled, to do, enabled her to do that. And that's the effect that his words have on your heart. We see all this goodness. And you know what? The Lord came. He came to give you life. The enemy comes only, only, hear that word. He comes only to rob, kill, and destroy. But Jesus came that you might have life and have it abundantly. And that's his life. That's the resurrection life. The scripture says we have been born again to a living hope through the death and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. He is our living hope. And you can look to him for that hope. When you're sad, when you're in the wilderness, when you're lonely, when things are not the way you wish they were, God can come to you in those moments and say, here I am. And he can say, fear not, for I'm with you. Don't be dismayed, for I will help you. I will give you strength, and I will give you uh, help, and I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Isn't that good? Isn't that good? Because we all come to places. God deals with all of us. And we all come to those places. Lord, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to say. But I need you. And I'm listening for your voice. Would you speak to me? And I'll tell you another thing. The more you know God's word, the more you hear him speak. Because he will use that word the written word or the spoken word into your heart. He does both with me. And then sometimes he says, it's reliance on me, Margie, not improvement in you. Sometimes he just speaks those phrases and you go, thank you, God. Thank you, God. And then you go forth in the power that those words bring you. They are spirit and they are life and they are. And that's why you respond the way you do. Alrighty. I would just say to you guys to go forth um, seeing, 2 Peter 1 3 says, seeing that his divine 
power has granted everything to you pertaining to life and godliness through the true knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and excellence. That's 2 Peter 1, 3. His divine power, his divine power, he's the only one that's got divine power, has granted to us everything that pertains to life and godliness. Through what? Through the true knowledge of him who called you by his own glory and excellence. And he calls you into his glory. Into his glory. The glory of God. It's amazing, church. It's amazing what God has done and what he continues to do in your lives. When you serve him, when you listen for his voice, when you're lonely, when you're in the wilderness, when you're a slave person, when you're looked down upon, God has a plan for your life that is good. And you don't have to be somebody but who he makes you to be. When I stop and think of my own life. A little farm girl. Grew up on a farm. And I look how God has led me. And for me it's exciting. And he has a plan for you. Which is exciting. It doesn't mean that you feel excited all the time. But when you get my age and you look back, you think, Lord, I never dreamed I would travel to 22 countries. I never dreamed I'd speak at this church. But that's the kind of God we serve. He's personal. He's with you. He cares about you. He doesn't leave you alone, even though you can feel lonely. Since my sweet husband went to heaven, I felt that way often. But he provides. He provides. Is it easy? No, it's not real easy. But he will be with you. Always. Go in his peace. Psalm 103, verse 19 says... Sorry. It says, He has established His throne in the heavens, and His sovereignty rules over all. I quote that verse a lot. He is the sovereign God who loves you dearly. He gave His life so you could have His life. You're not the same. If you're born again, you're a new creation. In Christ Jesus, the old has gone and the new has come. And you live out of that new. And you listen for his voice everywhere you go and everything you do. For he will keep you on track.
Thank you for allowing me to speak to you. It's been a joy, a pleasure. And now I want to pray for you. Let's pray. Father, I thank you so much for this church. I thank you so much for these, your children, who have come today because they love you. Lord, I, I pray over them that they would learn to hear your voice. That they would learn that you are their God. You give direction. You give instruction. You give knowledge. You take away our fears. You cause us to be what we never dreamed we could be because you want to shine through each one. So, Lord, I pray over them this morning that you would give them all that they need that pertains to life and godliness. That you've established your throne in the heavens and your sovereignty rules over all. And they can look to you and find what they need and be energized to go forward. Because that's what your word does. In spite of the tribulations of life, Jesus said, Take courage, for I have overcome the world. And in me, you will overcome. Lord, grant it, let it be in each one's life that you give purposes. And even in the hard times, you are there with them, giving help and giving strength and upholding them with your righteous right hand. In your wonderful name we pray. Amen. Amen. You guys thankful for Margie?